Man, it is so good to see you guys. It's so good to be in church. Don't you just love church? Man, I love church so much, um, and I'm just so thankful. Like, I was thinking as I was getting ready for this message, I am so thankful for our church. Uh, every week of Summer at Summit Park, we had amazing guest speakers. They all had like a specific word, and, and you all came with expectancy and faith, and I just felt like God was here. God was doing stuff, and we all walked away better from it, and man, I'm just very, very thankful. And then in the midst of all of that, we're like leaning into outreach in a massive way. We've already collected 350 backpacks, which is absolutely amazing. Come on, somebody, give God praise for that. That's cool. Uh, 200 pairs of shoes that we're gonna be taking to Crossroads. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Like, just think about the light that we're shining right now. You know, we got serve day coming up on Saturday, and uh, man, I just love it. Like, this is what the church is all about. I, I just left church last week with my hands in the air. I was just thanking God, praising God for what he's doing. And, and I just want to say thank you because um, I really love our church. I love your heart. I love your passion. I love your generosity. I love your faith. Um, I love the, the worship culture that we have here. Come on, isn't God doing amazing things? Clap for that person sitting next to you. I mean, i just, just thankful, man. I'm really, really thankful. So... Uh, thank you for being here today. I want to take a minute. want to welcome everybody who's watching with us online. Uh, we're glad that you are watching with us. We're happy that you're uh, partnering with us in the service. And we are starting a brand new series today on love. We're calling it the love connection. You can't say love connection. You have to say love connection. You got to put a little sauce on it. You know what I'm saying? A little sauce. Little spice. I'm pumped. Now, I, I don't know, like, I feel like this service is like, you're really with me today. First service, I felt like they were a little nervous. <laughs> they were like, man, is he going to beat us up today? You know, there's no, we're not, we're not going to beat anybody up. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time talking about love connection. Because um, how many of you know relationships are the best? <laughs> we need this series so bad. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Okay. How many know that relationships are the best? Okay, a few people. All right. They they are. I mean, do you remember like like especially when you first start a relationship, it's like you remember all the butterflies? Married people remember the butterflies? Like I haven't seen a butterfly in years. All the butterflies in our house are dead. <laughs> but you know, when you first start, when you first start a relationship, it's like you can't wait to talk to that person. And every time you get around, you're like, ooh, you just get excited. Sorry, I just did that. That was weird. Uh, uh, but you, you, you just feel so like emotional. You're just like, oh my goodness. And then, and then you reach over, like for that first time, you reach over and you grab their hand. And it's like sparks fly. You know, like, ah, wow, did you feel that? I, oh, my goodness, amazing. You love talking to him on the phone. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like you can't wait to talk to him when you first start a relationship. It's like, you know, it's like you've spent all evening together and you call on the way home. Oh, yeah, now I'm home and now I'm in my room. And no, you hang up first. No, you hang up. No, you hang up first. You hang up first. And you just love the sound of their voice and you can't wait to talk to him. It's just this whole thing and... And then a few months go by, a few years go by, the phone call looks a little different. 
You know, because when you first start, when you first start in the relationship, you use cool voice. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, the fellas, you know, you know you got, it's like an octave lower, you know. Yeah, what's going on? It's like you, you get like gravelly sound. Hey, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> it's like, it's like, are you, are, you know, we having a conversation or are you interviewing for like WWE? You know, it's like, hey. And the girl's like, ooh, hey, hi. The girl's all, yeah, very sweet, you know, tone. And then, and then weeks go by, months go by, and you stop trying as much, you know? You're like, hey, <laughs> what's up? You know, it's like, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not a big talker on the phone, so, and my wife, she still wants to talk. And I'm like, I'm gonna be home like in 10 minutes. Can I end the call? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I, I hate to admit that. But like, you know, so how many know it's true in, in relationships, the butterflies can turn into bitter flies. Come on, somebody. Thanks for the clap. <laughs> we'll pray for you. <laughs> like, it's true, though. Like, you were like, man, I can't wait to spend some time with you. And then it's like, man, I can't wait to spend some time away from you. Like, it's all of the feels, right? Relationships. And we talked about this as we were promoting this series. It's like a tale of two cities. It's the best of times, and it's the... Worst of times, yeah, it can be. It can be. So how do you, how do you deal with that? How do, you, how do you make sense of that? And that's what, that's what this series is all about. That's what we're going to be talking about in this series. And so we want to equip you because God doesn't leave us hanging. Come on, somebody. You know, he helps us, and we're going to unpack that in this series. And so I want to give you some resources as we go throughout this series. Um, one of them is a great resource started by a couple in our church, actually, which uh, really, really phenomenal couple. They started this uh, marriage ministry called Because Marriage Matters. And they, okay, a few fans, a few fans in here. Uh, Austin and Rachel Holt began this ministry. It's absolutely phenomenal. We have the website there for you. I would encourage you to check this out. Lots of great resources. And actually, we have uh, some of the resources uh, available after service. One of them is this, this little deck of cards that they've made, it's called the connection cards. And so it's like you answer little questions and you interact with each other and it's really, really powerful. And the whole idea is that by the end of it, you're gonna be closer in relationship than when you start. They've actually gamified relationships, which is really, really excellent. It's awesome and it works. And so we have these available. They've discounted the price for their church family after service, which is really, really special. And we have some for free. So if I could get some help from my, my friends, who would like some marriage resources? Come on, raise your hand. Pass them out to the first people that you see with their hands raised. Come on, hook them up, hook them up. We've got some great resources there. You can pass them out and uh, that will be a blessing to you and uh, hopefully encourage you. All right. Now, as we jump into this, I wanna, I wanna let you know, this is for everybody, all right? This is for single people. Single people, let me hear you. You're gonna have to bring a little bit more attention to yourself when I give you these opportunities, okay? Like, you know, I'm just saying, all right? This is church, you wanna meet her or him here. Like, this is what I'm saying. How many single people in the house do we have? Okay, yeah. All right, just, just everyone look around. Okay, so they're there. 
Single people. How many uh, people are in a marriage and you're loving it? Yeah. How many of you are in a marriage and you're not loving it? No, no, don't do that. (laughs) We will have prayer at the end. So wherever you're at, wherever you're at in your relationship, um, you know, uh, something that's very, very helpful, obviously the, the connection cards are great. We have workbooks that are great. But I really think that pickup lines, no matter if you're single or married, like they really can go a long way. So I thought I'd give you some freebies today at church that you can use today. If you're single, you can use this in the lobby after church. I mean, we're talking about practical. You can apply this right here, right now, all right? So, um, but I think that any, any good pickup line needs a little bit of background music. So I don't know, you guys have anything back there that we could have like just a little track that play underneath this? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. You, you, you just set the mood, you know, you just go up, you know, in the kitchen. Hey, baby. You looking good in that apron. I'm not even going to finish the boy I was going away. Okay, anyways, I'm going to give you some pickle lines. Let's re- All right, start it up. Here we go. <laughs> baby, you so sweet. You put Hershey's out of business. I don't know. Not really, not feeling that one. <clears throat> Try another one. You get into it a little bit. Girl, you must be a keyboard because you just my type. <laughs> See the music and you can kind of get into it. All right, how about this one? Baby, we should get some coffee because I'm liking you a latte. <laughs> She'll be eating out of your eating out of your palm. Just, just, just right there. She's right there. But you know, I, I really believe for believers, we should have we should have some redeemed pickup lines. Like these, this is what you can practice in church. You know, right after service in the lobby, you can have some. Uh, some redeemed pickup lines, if you can throw some Jesus in a pickup line, like, then that really shows you're spiritual. Um, like, maybe you can reference a miracle, you know? Like this. Maybe you and me, we're like loaves and fish. Together, we could be a miracle. And feed the multitudes. I think it got weird with the multitude part. I think think it went too far. And uh, if you can reference, like, you know, the Bible at all, go ahead. I mean, let's try this one here. Get the hips going. In my Bible time today, I was reading through the book of Numbers, and I realized I didn't have yours. And then, really, the, 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 if, the cherry on the top is if you can reference scripture in your pickup line, ball game. Here we go. How about this one? 
baby, your name must be faith because you're the substance of things I've hoped for. <laughs> Hashtag Hebrews 11, verse 1. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough. Thank you. Thank you for that. Some of you are feverishly writing those down. And I just, Lord bless you, all right? Um, okay, I, I'm really excited about this series. And um, we've got this series all laid out. And I think it's going to help you uh, wherever you are in your relationship journey. If you're new, if you, uh, if you, if you don't have a relationship, it's going to help you understand relationships. If you've been married for a long time, if you know somebody who's been married, this is going to help you. And so we're going to do this in four weeks, four-part series. Uh, week one, we're going to define the relationship. That's today. Uh, week two, we're going to build the relationship. Week three, we're going to protect the relationship. And week four, we're going to parent in relationship. So this is going to be really, really helpful. And we've been praying and looking forward to this series for a long time. We're going to define, we're going to build, we're going to protect and then we're going to parent in relationship. And so I really want to encourage you to come back every week because this stuff is going to be helpful to you and it's going to really, really encourage you, especially as we're in the 30 for 30 campaign where we're praying together, we're leaning in. I really believe that as you grow closer to God, you're going to grow closer to your spouse and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And if you believe it, say, I do. All right. Today, we're going to define the relationship. Everybody say DTR. Everybody has the infamous DTR. Before you can be Instagram official, you've got to define the relationship, or at least you should. You don't want your, your significant other finding out that you've gone public on Facebook before you've actually negotiated the contractual terms of your agreement um, with them. Uh, so, but you, the, defining the relationship is really, really important. And every relationship has these layers, right? When you first start, you have like the first like, I like you, and it's like, I kind of like you, and I like you, and what about being boyfriend and girlfriend? I think that's a great idea. That's what, you have to define it. Like, now we are boyfriend and girlfriend. We were just on dates, but now we are boyfriend and girlfriend. And then, you know, it progresses, you move along, and, and then it has to be, you know, you move into engagement, and you're, you, 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 you were just now dating, but now you're engaged and you're, you're pledged to be married. And then you get up in front of a few hundred of your closest friends and families and you define the relationship even further. You get married. At each point in the journey, when you define the relationship, the relationship goes to another level. It goes to another level and it becomes more significant. And the reason this is really important is because when you define the relationship, you give the relationship identity substance, and security. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. When you define the relationship, you give it identity, substance, and security. I just want to suggest to you that it's really, really challenging and almost impossible to have a real relationship if you don't define it because you don't know what you have and what you don't. And, and let me just say, this is what we have a lot of in our society, don't we? Like we've really diminished the value of identifying the relationship. And it's like really, really mushy. It's like, do we like each other? Are we just hanging out? Are we just friends? Are we just now friends with benefits? Are we, are we, are we moving forward? Are we standing still? Are we moving backward? Wait, now you're with somebody else? 
and you're still with me. It's messy. We've got a lot of blurred lines. And as Robin Thicke will tell you, blurred lines lead to bad places. I really believe this in our society, in our culture today. We, we don't have definition, and so we don't have the security from these relationships. We don't have the identity. We don't know who we are. Are we together? Are we, are we in like? Are we in love? Or are we just lame? And that's what we have today. And I just want to say that the enemy of our souls loves this because you don't know what you are. And we have a lot of people who are enjoying the fruit of intimacy without the security of matrimony. And, and that's why we have to define the relationship the way God does, because the world's definition, man, it's just messed up. I don't know what else to tell you and, or how else to express it outside of, it's just messed up and it's wrong. The world's definition is all about feelings. How am I feeling right now? Do I feel like I like you? Because you know, today I like you, but tomorrow I don't. So we were together and now we're not. We were together and, and now I don't feel like it. Now I need a break. And we're taking another break. And this is like the, the 10th break that we've taken in the last you know, three months. And we come back together and then we, we go apart. And it's all of this in and out is very wishy-washy. And it's all based on emotion. And that's why we need a better definition. We need God's definition. We need God's definition. And God defines love very specifically. And I want to look at 1 John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. 1 John chapter 4. Because this is the guy that was probably closer to Jesus than anybody else in all of, uh, all of his disciples. The, the apostle John and so he knows Jesus' heart, and he says, if you want to know what love is, like, if you want to know what, how Jesus defines love, I'm going to tell you, 1 John chapter 4, uh, he, he goes on this, this, this whole chapter is amazing, but I want to read just a couple of verses here, uh, verses 7 through 12, and we're going to learn what real love looks like, okay? And if you're ready to jump in, say, I am. Amen. All right, let's do this. 1 John chapter 4. It says, dear friends... Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Who, do, who does love come from? God. It comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, and whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Okay, it's a little bit tricky there, but do you see where he's going with this? Like, the only way that you really love, like truly love, is if you have been loved by God. It's, it's powerful, it's powerful. And if you don't know God, then you're operating most probably, John is saying most definitely, you're operating in a worldly understanding of love. And you're missing out on a fuller and the most foolish expression of what love is meant to be. Verse nine, this is how God showed his love among us. So now he's gonna define it for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It's powerful. 
It's powerful. I want to encourage you to, to read this whole chapter this week. Do a deep dive in this and, and, and let this really speak to you on, on what it means to love and what it means to, to be in relationship. What John is saying is basically this. God is love and he created us out of, a, out of an abundance of his love. So we are, we are a result of God love. His love is, is, what, is, is, where, is where we come from. He loves so much. He's like, man, I just got to share this. And then he came as love incarnate in human flesh, ultimately lived a perfect life of love, and then died so that we could experience God's love as a result. And then, then we could go and love each other. That's the understanding. God is love. He loves us. He lives among us, sacrifices for us so that we could experience his love and then be loved to other people. It comes from God, and it's defined how God defines it. Since God is the one who, who made love, he gets to make up what love looks like. He's the designer. Because he's the designer, he gets to say, this is what it is, and this is what it, it isn't. So that's what we have to take his definition for our lives, all right? So what I want to do is I want to give you four definitions today right from this passage of Scripture uh, that will help us as we live out practically our our romantic relationships. The first, the first thing is real love is God's idea. Secondly, real love won't look perfect. Third, real love looks like sacrifice. And then fourth, real love happens when we put God first. It's his idea. It won't look perfect. It actually looks like sacrifice, and it happens when we put him first, okay? We're gonna break this stuff down. It's gonna be amazing. We're all gonna leave better with better relationships, before we do, I want you to find 16 people. Say, it's time to define. Come on. 16 people, it's time to define. Okay, this is really important. Number one, real love is God's idea. Real love is God's idea. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, love comes from God. He's the creator. He's the authority. If you and I are going to understand love fully, we can't start here horizontally. We have to start vertically. Does that make sense? We can't start with what we think or what we feel. We have to start with what he says because it's his idea. And real love comes from him. And so we have to go back to, to where he started this whole understanding of love. We can't start now, especially in the, in the way our world is. We have to go back to the beginning. So I want us to look at Genesis chapter 1. If you have your Bible, go back to Genesis chapter 1. Because God creates mankind, and as soon as he does, he set this whole thing up just to show how much man and woman need each other. And he says this in Genesis chapter 1. He says, the Lord God said... It is not good for the man to be alone. And all the fellas said, amen. It's like 12 guys who believe with that. I mean, yeah, there we go. This is your chance, man. There's bonus points right here. You know, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. All the men said, amen. All right. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man, and hallelujah, ah, I mean, fireworks are going off. Literally, the Bible, he starts singing. He goes into song. It was probably playing to that track we were listening to earlier. Literally, this is, this is, a, this is poetic uh, phrasing here. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And, and I mean, if it was a song, he'd be like, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called That's literally what he did. And then verse 24, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And then verse 25, most probably the best verse in the whole Bible, it says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Come on, somebody. That's a good verse. And then the next verse says, then Adam shook Eve's hand. <laughs> this whole love idea is God's idea. I, I, I think, think how, how amazing this is. Man and woman together, naked, unashamed. No separation, no lying, no cheating, no distance, and no shame. This is what God intended marriage to look like. This is what God intended romantic relationships to look like. It's amazing. Like, it's absolutely amazing. This is God's design. And so if you're in a relationship you can be really encouraged by that because God's actually pulling for you. Like God wants your relationship to win. He's designed it. And if you've hit a rough patch, maybe you're going through something today and, and you find yourself in a situation where you're like, man, I just feel like we've been just like, it's not working. I want you to know that you have the creator of the universe, the one who made marriage to begin with on your side. He is for you, he is with you, and he wants your marriage not just to survive, he wants it to thrive, and he wants to help you get there because marriage is his idea, and he loves you, and he has a plan for your marriage. It's true, it's true. So it's his idea, but, in order to walk in his blessing, we have to define the relationship the way God does. Otherwise, we're going to be confused. Otherwise, we're going we're to be expecting his blessing, not experiencing it, and being like, why? Well, you're not defining it the way that God does. You're, you're having sex outside of marriage. Or you're, you're choosing who, it, who is appropriate to have sex with and who's not. You're making it your own thing, and you can't do that if you want his blessing. You, if you want his blessing, you have to fall under his definition. And, and this is so important for us because, man, our world is all over the map. All over the map. 
and, and making up like what we think, like this, and it's all feelings. It's all feelings. And we have to speak to this because we are missing out. And it's very clear in scripture why we're missing out. God has a definition for marriage. It's one man and one woman in holy matrimony. That is the definition. That is the definition. And some people are like, well, but in the Bible, uh, there are people who marry more than one wife, so yeah, gotcha, boom, boom, eat that, we can do with that one. And I would say, every time you have that happen in the Bible, it goes really, really badly for them. Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar doesn't go well. Jacob, Rachel, and Leah doesn't go well. One wife is more than enough. Come on, fellas, you know what I'm talking about? It's taking everything I got and all of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. We have to lean into God's definition. Culture is based on feeling. God's word is based on his design. If you're having trouble with your car, like, and you don't know how to fix cars, then you take it to someone who fixes cars. Or you look up a YouTube video of someone who successfully fixed a car, and you follow the instructions. You know, if you get in there and be like, I don't know, let's see what we can do here. And you start, you know, taking things out and putting things in. And I, I don't know, that looks pretty good. I mean, it fits, kind of. You're going to end up in an accident. You're going to end up with a mess. Can we be honest? When we look around with society's relationships, it's a mess. And right now we have the blind leading the blind because we have no clarity, we have no definition, we have no certainty, we have no substance, we have no security, we have just a bunch of emotion and feelings, and we wonder why we're confused. So what we need, what we need is a definition, right? We need a definition. And God gives us a definition. And some of you are like, I I mean, some of you are probably wondering like, oh my goodness, is he worried about being canceled? I'm not worried about being canceled. I'm worried about the church being confused. And we need clarity, and we need certainty, and we need a definition that comes from God. And when we find that, we find his pleasing will, his pleasant will. Look at Romans chapter 12. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many know there's a pattern to the world? Like, and it is moving away from God at increasing fashion. And it's becoming more confused and more unstable and more broken as, as they do, as we, as a society do, which is why it says, do not conform, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. You need to be transformed high by the renewing of your mind, which comes from being in the word of God. 
See, the word of God takes what you understand and it, and it transforms it into God's will. And then what he says is then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, here's why this is so important, because there's a lot of things that seem like common sense today that are actually in opposition to the word of God, which is why we need the word of God to help us to understand that those things are not God's will, but this is God's will, so that when I see what isn't God's God's will. I'm going to say, no, that's not his will. This is his will. This is his good, pleasing, perfect will. And this is where I want to be. This is where we all want to be. And, and the, the more that we lean into this, the more that we will have God's pleasing will in our life. So number one, it's God's idea. Number two, real love won't look perfect. It won't look perfect. You know, Today, like we, we live in, in a social media culture and an image culture and with, with views of marriage and relationship constantly thrown at us all the time of, oh, look at this marriage, look at this relationship. We're looking at people's highlights and we're comparing our lowlights to their highlights and we're constantly discouraged. You'd be like, why don't we, why don't we do fun stuff like them? Why don't we go fun places like them? Why don't we get dressed up like them? Why don't you say fun things like that? Like he says to her, to me, like, look at their relationship looks perfect. And we want our relationship to look perfect. But you know, the thing about real relationships, they don't look perfect. And let me show you in John chapter, or first John chapter four, he says, we also ought to love one another. Everybody say ought. That word ought is ophelo. It means to be in debt or a must, obligatory. It also means to sin against someone. Very interesting that John is talking about love in this idea of debt and obligation and sin. That doesn't make any sense. Like if, if, if relationship, if love is from God, then this should just be easy. Like we should just always get along and we should always want to go to the same restaurant and we should want to parent our kids the same and spend, spend our budget the same and we should never have any problems ever. <laughs> I, I've, done, I've done marriage counseling uh, before and um, it's always scary. It's always scary when, when, when like it's premarital counseling and you know like, so hey, have you guys had your first, you know, fight? And like, fight? Are you serious? I could never be in a fight with him. I don't think we ever will. And you're just like, oh, God. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect because there's this thing called sin. And, and relationship gets cursed right at the beginning. Genesis chapter 3. Verse six, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the, boat, the eyes of both of them were opened. Everybody say, uh-oh. And they realized they were naked. Worst verse in the Bible. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Sin comes into the world. Man and woman do what they were not supposed to do. 
And because of it, there's a consequence, there's separation, and there's a curse that happens in all of creation. And man and women at the very beginning experience this difficulty in relationship. Verse 16 says, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. Your painful labor will give, you will, in pain, and with painful labor, you will give birth to children. And then he says, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So there's this curse where, where women will be unhealthily consumed with their husbands and husbands will unhealthily dominate their wives. So this is a curse. There's, there's, there's brokenness in relationship. And this is, the two things happen as a result. We start broken. You can write that down. We start broken. And relationships have this curse from the very beginning. This is where selfishness takes place. Instead of being generous, instead of being kind and, and being gracious and over-the-top serving, we end up being selfish and stingy and being like, that's my last bowl of, uh, of, of uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Let it go. I bought that. I paid for it. It's mine. My precious. And so, so there's, this, there's brokenness that happens in relationship. So you, we start broken, and then we experience brokenness. We start broken, and then we experience brokenness. You have upbringings that are broken. You have parents that are broken. Your spouse has parents that are broken. Don't say amen. You have, you have uh, previous relationships that were broken. So we have all of this broken, we start broken, then we accumulate broken experiences and we bring that brokenness to a relationship and they're broken and bring all of their brokenness and we think it's just supposed to be hunky-dory, smooth sailing, rainbows and fairy tales? No, there, there is, there, that, that re, it's not perfect. It's not gonna be perfect. And as long as you think that it's going to be perfect, you're going to be frustrated. Frustration is a result of unmet expectations. So as long as you keep thinking that, oh, man, this is going to be perfect, this is going to be perfect, this is going to be perfect, and it's not, you're going to constantly be frustrated. So you're not going to enjoy what God is giving you. Right? So if you're single, here's the good news for you. There's no perfect one out there. There's no the one. You know what? A lot of times we think that as single people, like, and as I, was, I got uh, married when I was 30, and so I was looking for the one a lot, you know, and I, I, I kind of bought into that idea, of my, the one. And you know what ends up happening? We put all of this pressure on the one. And we make the one like this, like this mythical creature that is like, Perfect, it's like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. And the reality is there is no the one. There is just you becoming the one that God wants you to be. And marriage is the same. A lot of times, if we're not careful, like, we'll get married, and then we'll be like, oh, I married the wrong one. Because, oh, I, oh that one, she's the one. He's the one. And, and we're constantly comparing our one to that one, and we think that we're missing out. 
because they're not all of these things. And again, we build up all of this mythical, like, man, they're so amazing. And every time I see them, like, their hair's just imperfect. Then I look at you and it's, you're not. <laughs> the one, the one, you're never going to find the one. You just need to be the one God is making you to be, calling you to be. In the Bible, you don't see perfect relationships. You see broken, fragmented relationships. People, you, you, you don't hear a lot about perfect. You hear a lot about forgiveness. Come on, somebody. You hear a lot about grace. You hear a lot about, like, I love you in spite of you. Now, it's not good to say that, usually. <laughs> but you can, I mean, my pastor used to say this. He said, um, he would say, you know, go into marriage with both eyes open. And then once you get married, close one. Says you'll be a lot happier. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Stop comparing. Stop thinking that they're going to be perfect and you're going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Real relationships won't ever be free of faults, but they can be full of grace. That's what we're looking for. You don't want a perfect relationship. You want a relationship where Jesus is moving and working and you guys are forgiving and apologizing and saying, I'm sorry and, and I forgive you and I love you and now let's make up. Come on, somebody. Real love won't be perfect. Second or third thing, real love is sacrifice. Look how the apostle John describes real love. First John chapter 4, verse 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Real love looks like sacrifice. Real love looks like saying, you first. Real love looks like, I made this last bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. No, you take it. <laughs> you know, the, the, the secret to having a great relationship really with anybody, it's Romans chapter 12. We read the beginning of Romans 12. Verse 10 says this, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. It's really the secret they're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But you can just honor and honor and honor. And you say, I'm going to put you above me. I, I'm going to be low so that you can be lifted up. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to I, like in a, a similar way to John the Baptist and Jesus, I'm going to decrease and I want you to increase. I'm going to serve. I'll do the dishes. Oh, you want another thing? I'll do that. And somebody's like, well, what if they take advantage of me? I understand that there can be places where people take advantage, and, and I'm not trying to say that that never happens. But I am saying that we need to be a whole lot less selfish than we are in our relationships, and we need a lot to be, be a lot more selfless and say, I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to serve, and I'm going to go above and beyond, and I'm going to lay down my life so that you can live your life. I'm going to serve so that you can live. I'm going to honor you in relationships. This is the reality. You will never win in relationship until you're willing to lose. Again, we have Jesus. Jesus laid it all on the line for us. He lost it all. He gave it all. And who wins? We do. And he does. Because we're in relationship. 
You'll never be right in relationship until you're willing to be wrong. No elbows right now. Just elbow yourself. All elbows deep, all elbows within the seat. I want to challenge you to take a step in sacrifice. If you start to have a rift in relationship, start serving that other person. Start sacrificing for that other person. And watch God honor your honoring of them. And the last thing is this. Real love happens when we put God first. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. It's the relationship triangle. God's at the top. You're here. And your spouse is here. As you start moving towards God, as they start moving towards God, what happens? You're closer together. I know, as I only have two hands. It's hard to track. Closer and closer and closer together, and eventually, fireworks. When you make God the priority, everything falls in line, both for you and in a relationship. This is why 30 for 30 is so important right now. 30 days, spending 30 minutes with God, I want to encourage you, jump into this. Jump into this. And partner with your spouse if you're married. If you're in a dating relationship, pray with your, your, uh, your dating, your significant other. If you're thinking about marrying or, or getting married or you're thinking about getting in a relationship, pray about it. Spend time, spend time seeking God. As you seek God, he will bring his perfect will for you. If you are chasing God, you will not miss his will for your life. And if you haven't experienced what you think his will is, you keep seeking him until you find him and you trust him in the process. I remember all through my 20s, because we lived in Springfield, and people get married early in Springfield, like 19, 18. It's just, it's different. So here I am at the, like, ripe old age of 24, unmarried, feeling like my life is passing me by. Everybody's married, and I remember how many times, like, oh, God, he's married, he's married. I can't find a spouse. And I just remember, like, praying and just, like, whining, and, like, we would do these prayer days as pastors, and I would, every time, I just feel bad. I just feel embarrassed. I, would look back, I just tell my pastor, I just want a spouse. I just really do. I'm lonely. And I had a great life, and God was doing great things, and, you know, we had a, uh, the Lord was working my life. Of course, I wanted to be married, but Jen is like six years younger than me, you know, and so do the math. I'm 23, and she's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, God, I and God's like, I'm just trying to keep you out of jail, bro. <laughs> and, and the reality is you don't know what God's doing. You don't know what he's working and how he's working behind the scenes. And so what, what our job is, is just to seek him and trust him and, and trust that as we're seeking him, he will bring us together. If you're single, you trust God. If you're married, you seek God together and watch God bring you together. He will solve things that are difficult. Parenting decisions, budget decisions, job decisions, house decisions. Make these in prayer as you seek God together and watch God bring you closer to each other.
be encouraged today because your relationship is blessed. If you are one man, one woman in marriage, God is pulling for you. And he is with you. He's giving you the way. He wants you to win. And there's great resources. We want to give you great resources. There's lots of things. And we're going to be covering this over the next few weeks. Again, we talk about building, protecting, parenting. But God's pulling for you. I want to encourage you with that. And we seek him, we trust him, and we let him do what he wants to do. Amen? Would you stand with me all across this place? I'm going to ask those to be praying for others to come down to the front. We just want to take a few moments, as we always do, and just respond with the Lord and, and just let God come in and have his way today. But um, maybe you're here today and, and you don't know God. We'd love to pray with you and invite you uh, down to the front. We'll, we'll have someone pray with you. Or maybe your marriage is struggling and you'd like someone to pray with you. Or maybe uh, you have a physical need that you need healing. We'd like to pray for you, mental and emotional need. God's here, God cares, and he wants to move on your behalf. And we want to pray for you. But before we even jump into worship in our prayer time, I want to take a moment. Can we just lift our hands all across this place? And if you're with your spouse, maybe grab their hand or your significant other, grab their hand. And I want us to pray for relationships, that God would be the centerpiece of these relationships we're not perfect, we're, we're broken people, but God's helping us. Let's ask him to help us. Father, right now, we just ask that you, would, that you would do what only you can do. Lord, we pray that you would have your way. God, we pray that you would touch relationships here at Summit Park. God, I pray that for marriages that are struggling, God, we pray that you'd bless them and grace them. Lord, for people that are considering getting married, Lord, I pray that you'd give them wisdom. Lord, for those that are, are wanting to define marriage the way you define it, God, I pray that you would help them do that, help them experience you and your will and your plan for their lives. God, we thank you for your plan. God, we thank you for your will. God, we ask that it's done, that your kingdom would come in our hearts and our lives, and Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just take a few moments. Let's respond to the Lord in worship. Let's continue to seek God. You can maybe pray with your spouse. But if you, need it, if you have a need, come down to the front. Everybody else, let's just take a few moments. Let's worship Jesus.